Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I want to talk about Thanksgiving because I love Thanksgiving. Um, I love the parades on Thanksgiving morning. I love uh, football and I love food. I love the food. So I just want to hear from you. This is an all skate. You can just kind of shout it out. What are some of your favorite foods that you're looking forward to um, on on Thanksgiving or this coming week? So just shout them out. Turkey, dressing, pecan pie, pumpkin pie, rolls, dinner rolls, mashed potatoes. What else? Stuffing. Okay, I don't want to leave your favorite out. We all kind of have that thing. Now, we can get in a little bit of a fight on, like, do I want my wife to make it or do I want my, my mom or mother? Like, who makes the stuff? Like, that's important, right? You got to play all those dynamics. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Um, just play with me here. Close your, close your eyes and just set this up in, in your mind. Okay, you're at Thanksgiving. Everybody close your eyes. Some of you guys are not participating. You're like, no way, I'm not doing this. Um, Just imagine you're at Thanksgiving meal. Whatever that favorite food is for you. For me, um, I'm thinking stuffing right now because I love me some good stuffing with a little bit of gravy on top. Mix it in with just a bite of turkey. All right, take that food now in a fork that you have in your hand. Okay, And, and, and go ahead, take that fork and lift it up to your mouth. Put it in your mouth. And, and don't swallow it yet. Savor this, okay? This is your first bite. This is your Thanksgiving meal. We're kind of in a pregame prep for Thanksgiving here. Enjoy this moment. It's good. All right? Now, right before you get to swallow, let me just make a little bit of a slight change to the ingredients because Aunt Edna made whatever it is that you're eating it this year. And Aunt Edna has a cat. And she just announced to everyone, Thanksgiving emergency, that cat somehow peed in the ingredients that you're now eating. You got, yeah, yeah you're, okay, you can open your eyes. So you're like, is this the real pastor? <laughs> There's not another pastor coming. <laughs> this, is, this is it. You can go check out another church next week. Um, um, we're going to talk about anxiety today. That might get you some anxiety. You're like, is Aunt Agna actually, what is she making and bringing today? Because I don't want to ever, you know, if she does the turkey, she just, it's pretty dry, whatever. Um, whatever just happened didn't really happen, did it? Like, it was in our mind. Some of us last, some of you were like disgusted. Some of you like are still are a little bit disgusted by what happened. It all took place, though, in our brain. Nothing really happened in Reality, And when we talk about anxiety or these mind games that we've been talking about over this course of this series called Hold That Thought, um, a lot of these battles that we're facing are just all up in here. And we'll replay anxiety over and over and over and over. And we just don't stop on some of the things that we're struggling with. Today, I want to... I want to look at David. I want to look at, because that's who we've been looking at in the series, uh, King David. We're going to look at some stuff that he wrote in Psalm um, 139. If you have your Bibles, you can turn it there. It'll be on the screen too. But how did he tackle anxiety? And I think we're going to learn some powerful and very practical tools today that no matter what level of anxiety you deal with, you're going to walk out of here with some, be able to take some next steps. 
to be able to find some freedom and actually attack anxiety when it attacks us. Because we know, like, we're not asking for anxiety to come and attack. It can just come at any moment. And we're like, I don't want this. I don't need this. But now we can fight back. And that's what I want for you as your pastor today to say, hey, there's some freedom to be found here. So let's dive into uh, Psalm 139. This is an amazing psalm. If you read all of it, we're not going to today. But the, the, um, the poetry that's in this song is just so phenomenal. It talks about the bigness of God, yet the intimacy of God in our lives. Starting in verse 16, David says this. He says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. How awesome is that to think of? That God saw you, that he planned every day, which means if God has a plan for every day of your life, he has a plan for you today. How many of you are, are excited that God has a plan for you today? Anybody? Amen. Yeah, you can. I love some audience participation. You can shout me down. You can amen. You can clap, whatever you want to do. Just don't throw anything. I can't see with the lights. Um, <laughs> but if he has a plan for your, he has a plan for today. I think God wants to speak something to you today. He says, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. God's thinking about you. He said, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains on the sand. And, they, and when I wake up, you're still with me. This big God who has everything laid out for everyone who's ever lived, incomprehensible, yet he is personal and with me. This is the God that we celebrate and worship. Now, it kind of takes a turn here. God, if you would only destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. Whoa, David. Whoa, Thanksgiving, man. Just chill here. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred. David, do you, do you not like these people? Yes, I hate them with total hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. Like, look at the world and the way things go. Look at how the, the, the way things are corrupt. And if you knew anything about David's life, he was constantly being pursued by his enemies. He felt like he had this calling from God on his life. And it was brutal. I mean, this isn't, no, David on a harp floating on a cloud. Like, he's fighting for his life day in, day out, as we've been journeying with David on this path to, king, to becoming a king. And so he's, he's focusing now on the external circumstances. Look at all this stuff that's happened around me, God. Where are you? Fight back. But then he, he where we're going to anchor in today, he makes a shift here. After looking at the outer circumstances in his life and hating those outer circumstances, he starts to look inward. He makes a shift from outside to let's deal in here. And if we would learn to do this, we're going to find a lot of freedom today. Because he goes, after all this spewing, which we can do, right? David's not alone here. Search me. God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me 
along the path of everlasting life. If you don't like those previous verses, it's okay. Like, read the Psalms. You can give everything to God and say, I don't like this. I don't want that. Where are you, God? I don't know what you're about. I doubt this. I don't, you know, where are, you know, all these things come out, yet search me. Show me. Lead me. Test me. If there's anything in me, let me know. So when we're dealing with our anxieties, he turns inward to say, show, know my anxious thoughts and lead me in that. And that's where I want to, that's where I want to be at today. Because if, if we're honest, no, you don't have to be honest, you just know this. We live in the age of anxiety. It, it's been on the rise, the stats say, for like the past eight decades. One, one uh, uh, published article said that the millennial generation is the most anxious generation that we've known. But you know this as well in the sense that you struggle with anxiety. I struggle with anxiety. We all have it come upon us, and it's all at varying levels. It's not a matter of if you struggle. It's how will you deal with it? Are you going to let it linger? And we let things, anything, can get us spun up. I mean, you can get on Keep It Local to see what people get spun up about. I don't know what gets you, I don't know what gets you spinning. Like, is it the roundabout? You're like, gosh, that roundabout, I don't know when they're going to fix that thing. Um, the, the Smiths, I mean, first they changed the floor plan at the beginning of the year. Then they finally got that fixed. Then they take away our visa cards. Now our visa cards are back. Um, I, I just keep spinning. Oh, did you see the impeachment stuff? The impeachment stuff, that's got me spinning. I mean, do you see how they spun all that information at both sides in the news. They're spending it too. I can't believe this. And then we get to our own life. Are my kids going to be okay? Is my 401 okay? I can't sleep at night. Why can't I sleep? Just go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to, I can't sleep. Now I'm, now I'm anxious about not sleeping. Now, and, and then if I don't have something to worry about, uh, I should be worried because I don't have anything to worry about right now. My, my parents are aging. Are they going to be okay? Is my house going to sell? Is my car going to sell? Are we going to be able to save for retirement? My, the kids, they got college. Can we, can, we, can we afford college for them? How are we going to do this? Now my wife and I, we got in a fight. Now she thinks I'm right. She's, I, I'm just spinning. I'm spinning. I'm spinning. I don't know what's got you spinning. I, this is how it works for me. You ever get that email or that text that says, can we talk? Yeah, you know. Well, why are they calling to talk? Oh, I bet you I know why they want to talk. They're questioning my work hours. Oh, you know what? If they're going to question my work hours and they want to talk, you know what? I'm just going to go in there. I'm going to let them know. I'm going to let them know how hard and how long I've been working for how many years. You know, I'm not going to take this. I'm going to let them know. You know what? No, no. I'm going to walk in there. I'm done. Just forget it. I quit. No, 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 no. Stop, stop. They just said, can we talk? But this is how anxiety works. They just said they want to talk. You know what they want to talk about? I can't believe it. They, they're going to call me into the office? No, 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 no. Do they know how long I've been working? Do they, do they know how, how many years I've put into this? You know what? I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell them that this is not okay. They can't treat me like that. You know, no, just stop. I'm going to let them. I quit. I'm done. No, wait. They just sent a text and it said all it was was they want to talk. Can you believe that they want to talk? Like we just... This is how anxiety works, is it not? This might be the worst illustration <laughs> that I've ever done. <laughs> With spinning and preaching, is not a good idea. 
what has you spun up? If we just go in circles and circles and circles, and it's all up in here. Jesus, he talked about worry. He talked about anxiety. One of the spots he said this, he said, why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers in the fields grow? Do they not labor or, say it with me, spin? We're all spun up, and it can be about anything, and it wreaks havoc in our lives. Our mission at Freedom Church is to help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. My hope is that through today, the spinning, when it comes, because it will come, that we're able to stop the spinning and start to stepping in the direction that we need to go. So the first thing that we need to do, I'm going to give you five things to attack anxiety this morning. Five things if you want to attack anxiety. The first one is take responsibility for your anxiety. Take responsibility for your anxiety. David says, search me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. I don't like what's going on here, but... Lead me, test me. So if I'm not careful, my, my anxiety hits at 7.30 a.m. every weekday morning. That's when my anxiety hits. You want to know what that anxiety is called? It's called getting my kids out of bed and trying to get them to school. And it hits at 7.30. And it's like, come on, get out of bed. Get your clothes on. Get some food. Eat your food. Eat, eat, eat your food. Now let's go brush your teeth. Get your shoes. Get to the car. Let's go. And it's every single weekday. I see some of y'all nodding your heads. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but some of y'all are like, yep, 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 yep. It doesn't stop. But at some point, at some point, I got to realize maybe, just maybe, because in my head, I'm like, if they would just do what I said, then everything would be fine. All this anxiety. If they, I sound like David. If they would just do this, then we'd be all right. But maybe, this, maybe the narcissistic Mike has something wrong with him. That there's something inside here. And there's a part of me that says, if they would just do what they were told, then the anxiety would go away. And I don't know who this is for, but God told me we got some Jonas in the room here today. If you would just do what he told you to do two weeks ago, two months ago, 20 years ago, a lot of your spinning might stop. Because some of y'all are on the run. You're afraid of taking the next step of what he's called you to do. You got to take responsibility for what's going on. Search me, God. Show me, God, what you need me to do. What, you, what am I running from? What am I spinning about? Yeah, they might have their issues, but this, I'm, it's not about them now. This is me and God in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, in my life. How am I going to live my life? Take responsibility. Second thing is this. Get professional help. Now, I am not a professional. we got some professionals in the house but I'm going to tell you, I'm a pastor. There are experts and professionals who can diagnose and treat these things. And I want to just give you permission because Christians have not always been the best at this. At saying, yes, go and seek help. If I were spinning, 
like I was, got dizzy, fell off the stage and broke my leg. One, you know, and now I'm, I'm it, it would, you would think I'm crazy if I'm up here with a broken leg, a bone sticking out, just trying to gimp around, saying, just snap out of it, leg. Just, just go. No, you would say, go get professional help. Go to the doctor. Let them take a look at that, x-ray that thing, get a cast on it, and you wouldn't think a thing about it. You would say, that's the smart, wise thing to do. There's no difference with if there's mental health issues that are going on that are attacking us to get help. And so I'm not going to be the preacher that shames and condemns someone because they got to get some medication or they got to see a counselor or maybe it's a mix. I mean, when you're dealing with mental health, it's not as straightforward as a bone break. And I just want to say be open to the possibilities of using all of these things. Get professional help if you need it. If you need help and you don't know where to go, come talk to me and we'll get you set up and help you out. But I just want to make it known from this stage that that is okay. Now, not all of us will need professional help, but you need to know there's like, hey, you got freedom to do that. Third thing is stop the BS. (laughs) BS stands for brainstem. Again, I'm not a, a professional, so we got some professionals in the room. Um, other people are like, well, you're very scientific, so I'm probably going to say something technically wrong here, which is fine. You can load up an email and send me all the sort of stuff. But there is some stuff that's going on in your brain. D- David, he doesn't know neuroscience, okay? But it's almost like he knows a little bit that God's hardwired some things in our brain. There's some neuroscience going on. He says, know my anxious thoughts. Peek inside of here and see how things are working. And and the beauty of science is that we've been able to see how has God wired our brain and figure some things out. And one of the things that's happening when we're dealing with being anxious is things are happening in our brainstem, which would be the lower part of our brain. So you have this upper part of your brain, which is like creativity, ideas, imagining. And then you have this lower part that in some ways does its job for survival skills, but we can get trapped in the basement of our brain. Why don't they love me? Why did they look at me like that? Do they not approve of me? Is there something wrong with me? And we get stuck spinning in the lower part of our brain. And so there's some things that we can do very simply to get ourselves back to this top part where we can dream, imagine, regain some control. And one of those things is just breathe. You're like, Mike, you're telling me. I've been told, just breathe, just breathe. Well, there's some truth to that. When I feel my anxiety coming on, I have learned. Just a deep breath. I call it five in, five out. Count for five. Let it out. Maybe it takes a couple times. Maybe it takes 10 times. If I can add on the word relax. Relax. Now, it doesn't change your situation, okay? You're like, my situation hasn't changed. It doesn't fix anything. No, but what you're doing is you're getting out of your brainstem and you're starting to activate some things to that upper body so now we can start having some rational conversations. You're just starting the process to stop spinning here. I realize we haven't changed anything. But then you can ask some questions to get to stop the BS, to start activating this upper part of your brain. Ask some questions that are going to get you out of the basement of your brain. Some of them go like this. They'll be up here on on the uh, screen too. Have I chosen 
to be like this? Have I chosen to be anxious? The answer is probably no. You're not like, oh, I'm choosing to worry now. I love to worry. No, you're probably not choosing this in the moment. You can also ask, how is this working for me? (laughs) Is my anxiety and my worry and thinking about this creating the life that I want for me? The answer is probably not. Is it who I want to be? Do I want to be known as the anxious person around everyone? Probably not. And then would I recommend this way of living to somebody that I love? And I've never met someone who is dealing with their worry, who is dealing with their anxiety, who is saying, you know what, son, you know what, daughter, you need this. You really need this anxiety and tension just oozing all over you because it's so awesome. No, everybody would say no to these things. But what this is doing is stopping the spinning and you're starting to activate this upper part of the brain where you can regain some control. And now, once you've rationally answered these questions, no, it's not who I want to be. No, I wouldn't recommend this. It's not getting me what I want. Now you can start to dream. Now you can start to imagine. Now you can start to create, to say, how would someone who's dealing with this situation in a healthy way, in a positive way, who's taking next steps of faith, saying, how would they deal with this? What would that look like? What would that feel like? And now you can start making that imagination or those dreams a reality to start actually living those things out. Stop the BS. It's there, it's going to hit, but now we can get ourselves dreaming, imagining, creating, getting some control and gaining some influence. Now, that still doesn't get us there. This is just starting the process. Number three, I'm going to, our, that was number three. Number four, the Philippians equation. All right, this is, to me has been one of the most helpful, most positive things that I have placed in my life in the past few years to recognize my anxiety Take some breaths, begin thinking, but then actually start going on the offensive and attacking my anxiety and seeing the ability to overcome. It's right here in Philippians chapter 4. It says, do not be anxious about anything. (sighs) Wait a minute. No, I'm, I'm anxious. You got me anxious just thinking about some things right now. I'm spinning already. Now, here's the thing you need to know. It's not a sin to be anxious. You're human. If you're dealing with anxiety, Jesus, Luke's account of Jesus said that he sweat drops of blood. He was in such anguish. So Jesus was struggling big time, stressed out big time. The question is, are we going to stay there? Are we going to stay spinning? And that's what we're trying to move forward on. Don't be anxious. If you are, here's how you move forward in every situation By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Talk to God about it. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't leave that out. In Christ Jesus. So here's the equation. Trust Plus thanksgiving equals peace. It says with prayer and petition. What is prayer if not distrust? God, I can't. 
but you can. God, I'm overwhelmed, but I trust that you can overcome. God, I don't know, but I trust that you do. Prayer is simply trust. You look at all the stories in Scripture, every single one, whether someone trusted God or they didn't. How did they move out of it? They were presented with a situation, and every story is lined with, do I trust God or do I not? No different with you. You're presented with a situation, do I trust you or do I not? If they were writing your story in the Bible, what would it say? Do I trust you or not? Prayer, one of our core values is prayer first. It's to say, I can't. Much of our anxiety comes from the fact that, like, God, I don't know if you can, so I'm going to do more. I'm going to say more. I'm going to post more. I'm going to scroll more. I'm going to save more or spend more, and it ain't working. And he says, in Christ. Peace of God does not come without Jesus in your life. Without Jesus in your life, then whatever you're anxious about, whatever you're worried about, then it's on you. Let me say that again. Without Jesus in your life, it's on you. You, you want healing in your life? Jesus is your answer. You want to go to salvation? Jesus is your answer. Without Jesus in your life, it's on you. So if you don't believe in God, then whatever you're worried about, it's on you. That's a scary proposition. This is one of the beauties of Christianity. Jesus did it all. It's all about grace. He, he did all the work, but there are other flavors of Christianity or other religions. Anything other than Christianity says you got to earn it. To, to appease the gods, to get peace with gods, it's all on you. You have to do it. You have to work it. You have to earn it. That's called religion. Christianity, as ironic as this sound, is not about religion. God is anti-religion. He's all about relationship. He says, I've done it all. Without Jesus... It's on you. So he says, the peace of God comes in Christ. Some of you need Christ today. That's, that's the solution to your problem is this trust. I'm trusting in Christ, but that's not it. That still doesn't quite get you there. Because he says, prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Now let's roll that video. And that is And that is why I wanted to give you the hottest ticket in television. is Oprah on the screen. Is there another pastor that's coming on stage? Like, no, there's not another pastor that's coming. Listen, here's what I want to tell you. When it comes to gratitude, when it comes to thanksgiving, gratitude is never invisible. Gratitude is never silent. Someone, I need to be more thankful. Or, you know, I, I just need to be more thankful today. I'm not talking about in your head. You see that there, and you know every single person was grateful for what was happening. Oprah 2004, you get all these Oprah's favorite things, and everyone's excited, right? 
They're going nuts. That, that scene, I clipped it off because it goes for another full two minutes of them going berserk in the crowd. 2004, 15 years ago, I guarantee you everything that they got is obsolete right now. She tried to give that away right now. Thank you, Oprah. That's awesome. But we have a God who gives you much better things than earthly possessions that are obsolete in five years or 10 years or 15 years. His gifts last forever. His gifts last for eternity. The peace of God, which is what you want in your life, comes when you trust him and you thank him. I enter into his courts with thanksgiving. And here's the thing, because some of y'all looking at me crazy, like, Mike, my anxiety is I'm not thankful for the things that are in my life right now. What God brought in my way in 2019, I can't be thankful for that. And I'm not saying that you have to, because I understand there's some situations that we wouldn't want or or want. If you can't thank God for the circumstances around you, you thank him for what he's doing inside of you because he is at work. Some of you, you don't see this right now, but you need to hear this because some of you have been through it and you know this. God's given you a season of frustration. Some of you are very frustrated right now. You're frustrated in your marriage. Maybe you're frustrated in, with a relationship. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's um, just a circumstance. You're frustrated You're anxious and it's going over and over and over again. Maybe, just maybe, this season of frustration that is in your life right now, maybe God has planted that there to get you to understand, hey, you're building some empathy because when you get through this season, you're going to know there's other people around you who are just as frustrated and you're going to know what they've been through. Maybe the season of frustration, what he's doing inside of you, actually isn't for you. It's for someone else that you don't even know yet, that you've never even met yet. Maybe the season of frustration is building some character and some strength to say, I'm never going down this path anymore. My next steps are in this direction with Jesus because I trust him in everything that I do. I'm never going back to this season of frustration. And if you knew what was on the other side of the season, you would say, thank you, Jesus. Because if I hadn't been through that, I would never have been over here. I wouldn't want it. When I was in there, I didn't want it. But now that I'm through it, I'm better for it. I'm stronger for it. And other people are getting healed. Other people are getting saved. Other people are being blessed beyond what I could think or imagine. And that's what we're going to talk about in December, that God's doing more than you can imagine. So I don't, I'm not thankful for what's happening around me, but I'm thankful for what he's doing inside of me. Something exciting's happening in Freedom Church. Something exciting's happening. Even though I don't like it, I trust that he's doing it. Prayer and thanksgiving. And the fifth thing is worship. Worship. I mean, just pure worship of God. To focus in on him. What is Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is a song that David's right. I hate all this stuff that's going on, but search me, show me, change me, test me. I'll worship and trust you, God, and I'll sing it to the top of my lungs as much as I can. Worship reminds me. Worship reminds me of who God is. Worship reminds me that this is not about me. Worship Helps me get to know him. 
When I just, worship removes the noise and distractions of this life that are killing me. Worship shuts this thing off to say silence. I don't need to know everybody's business all the time. Worship is about me and you alone, Jesus. That is what I want is your presence. And that right there, when I trust you, when I, th- when I thank you, when I'm praising your name for who you are and the relationship you want with me. It brings a peace beyond understanding in my life. You saw me. Before I was even born, you saw me. Every day, remind me, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Search me, God. Test me, God. How precious are your thoughts about me, God. Show me. Lead me, God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They, they outnumber the grains on the sand. When I wake up, you're still with me. The cross, when I remember the cross, it shows me that you were willing, God, to do whatever it takes. And when we got our brain, now we're back and we're thinking about God. We're, our eyes are fixed on Jesus. You know what? I can be thinking a million things at a time, but he only gave me one mouth. And I can only say one thing at a time. And that's going to activate some things in your life to attack anxiety and say, this Jesus, he knows me. This Jesus who went to the cross for me loves me. This Jesus who went to the cross, he can heal my bruises. This Jesus who, who, who knew me before I was born, he can, he can overcome anything that's coming my way. Because not only was the cross showing that he was willing, but the empty tomb showed and proved that he was able. Amen. Amen. The empty tomb shows that no matter what you've come across, he was able to overcome and lead you to the path of everlasting life. In worship, while yes, it's through our mouth and we sing That is so so short-sighted. It is way more than just singing a song, although the praises will get your mind in a right spot to see who God is and remind you of what he can do in your life and what he wants to do in your life, freedom. I'm trying to give you a a message of hope and encouragement to say you can thank him in any situation because he's doing something greater than you can imagine. I'm trying to say you don't have to be stuck where you're at spinning and spinning and spinning. We know someone who knows what you're going through, and he's planned your days out. What you're worried about, he already has a plan for. And that plan included a Savior. Lead me on the path to everlasting life. There's a next step for you today. If you're hearing me and you have breath, he's got a path for you. You want to worship? Take your next step. You want to get rid of your anxiety and to attack it whenever it comes? Stop spinning and start stepping. Lead me, Jesus. You're able. You are willing and you are able. And I trust you and I thank you. I may not see it, but that's faith. I may not like it, but that's faith. Because I know there's something better. Jesus never promised following him would be easy. He always said it would be better. It'll be better.
from conception to birth to infancy to childhood to teenage years, college years, adult years. He's been watching. And he knows. And he called you. He still loves you. He hasn't given up on you. He's speaking to you today, right to your soul. And the invitation is to come. Come take a next step. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said elsewhere, what's more important than your soul? Rhetorical question, nothing. We're anxious. We're spinning. But there's a path forward for you today. And he's calling you to take a step into that today. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.